0: Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned to the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. We've been ministering in the previous services about something that God said uh, through Brother Norval Hayes. He was a precious man of, of God who taught faith. He taught healing, but he taught it from the emphasis of worship. And uh, since he went home to be with the Lord in recent months, I recognize that what he brought by the spirit of God, we want to make sure as a body of Christ, we don't lose the light on that. Amen. Amen. And so uh, I was prompted by the spirit to go through and find what was God saying to him and through him to the body of Christ. And uh, not necessarily repeating the sermons, but repeating the message. Amen. And so I found in his, one of his books, something that God said to him specifically, and I want to bring that out this morning. God spoke to him and said, my children basically love me, but they live in poverty And sickness and defeat. How many of you know we've seen that? And God said, my children don't live in heaven's blessings. And then he says, because. Notice this. If we're not living the way God authored, there's always a reason. And it's not on God's side. It's on man's side. So God said, they don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. In stating this, I have to go back to something that Dad Hagen taught us. He would often say this to us, praise brings the anointing. And it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Well, is that scriptural? Absolutely, the word says God inhabits the praises of his people. How does he inhabit our praises? With his anointing. Yes. And so as we praise the anointing of God, Uh, can come into manifestation because when God is glorified, he manifests himself. He shows up. Amen. And so when Dad Hagen taught us this this statement in line with the word that uh, praise brings the anointing and the anointing destroys the yoke, people will say, well, when it says that he inhabits the praises of his people, that's Old Testament. Yes, uh, he lives in his people today, but he still inhabits the praises, both of them. Amen. We're carriers of his presence. But also when we worship, that means that the atmosphere is affected. By our worship. Amen. So it would behoove us to make sure that we worship in our homes. Why? So that his presence can be felt in our homes and and affect the atmosphere. Amen. And so God said, they don't, they, he said to brother Norval Hayes, they don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. So I say it this way. They don't worship long enough for the anointing to come and destroy the yoke because you know this, it takes a moment many times or sometimes even longer, depending on what you're going through for your heart to get connected to what you're saying in your worship. It's not mental worship that brings the anointing. It's, it's worship that flows out of your heart when your spirit is connected. And that may take a little bit of time based on what you may be facing. There can be things that circumstances that arise and try to hold your attention in the mental arena. And so it takes practice on our part to shut down the mind and get our, our tongues connected to our spirits. Amen. Amen that we worship out of our hearts. And when we worship out of our hearts, that means we worship from a place where we really mean it. We're not just giving words of flattery to God. Amen. But we're genuinely, uh, showing gratitude and appreciation from the part of us that's most like him, our spirits. So we could read it this way and still be correct that God is saying, my people don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me long enough for the anointing to come and destroy the yoke that's trying to affect them. Uh, Then he went on and said this to Brother Norville, you're teaching faith and confession. You're praying for the sick. Now, how many of you know those are right things to do? But you need to worship me more. So it's right to do these other things, but it's wrong to leave the worship side undone. Meaning this, uh, teaching confession, making confession, uh, praying for the sick will never take the place of what worship is to do for our lives. So God said to him, you need to worship me more and you need to teach my people to worship me more. And you could say, well, why do people need to be taught that? They need to be taught that when circumstances are banging on their head, come against their, 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 their minds, their lives, that's not the time to quit worshiping. You have to be taught that's the time To worship. Why? To keep you from following and being enthralled with and impressed by and overwhelmed by the mental arena. So that you can stay connected to your spirit where victory flows from. See, victory is in your spirit because the Holy Ghost is in your spirit. Victory's not in your mind, it's in your spirit. So the devil does everything he can to throw uh, circumstances and strategies and mental bombardments at our mind to draw us up into the mental arena so we don't ever stay in the arena of victory. He wants us out of the victory arena, which is the faith arena, which is the arena of your spirit. So, uh, you have to teach people, worship God instead of worrying, worship God instead of being afraid, worship God instead of being depressed Uh in the face of worry, in the face of fear, in the face of depression, the more you worship, the less you do those other things. So people have to be taught because it's so natural to go with the mental side. It's so natural to go with what the natural man is feeling of fearful things or worrisome things. And you have to teach people, don't go that way. Don't go the way you've always gone. Don't go the way of the mind. Don't go the way of the flesh. Go the way of worship. You have to teach people, don't try to figure out your problem. Worship While you're worshiping, God will work in your behalf. Amen. Why? Because when you worship, you bring the anointing and the anointing goes to work for you. And it destroys the strategies and the bombardments of the enemy. Amen. So when he said to Brother Norval, he said, you need to worship me more and you need to teach my people to worship me more. Why? Because we've been taught all of our life that worry is the way to live. Everybody does it. It's not an option for us. We have to lay down fellowship with God to worry. Uh We have to lay down fellowship with God to be depressed. We have to lay down fellowship with God to get under a burden of of fear. And when we worship, we're choosing. We're choosing. We're choosing to be occupied with him instead of fearful thoughts that come. Instead of worrisome thoughts that come. Amen. It's our choice to make. So God said to Brother Norville, you need to worship me more and you need to teach my people to worship me more. You have to become skillful at this. You have to practice that when the mind wants to go and the mind gets so bombarded and feels overwhelmed, you have to practice turning away from that. How do you turn away from that? Turn your attention away from that. Your mind is not your help. The word and our father is our help and he's in our spirits. Amen, we have to turn toward him. So he said, teach my people to worship me more. Then I want you to listen to this last phrase. If you'll teach, this is what God said to Brother Norville, if you'll teach my children to worship me more. Now listen, if they're being taught that, they have to do that. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things. Things for them. Think of that. He's saying, if you will worship me, you will come into a flow of great and mighty things. What are great and mighty things? Well, what do you need him to do? He will perform a miracle for you. Amen. Healing power will be performed in your life. Provision will be performed. Great and mighty things. Now notice God said this. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do. I will do. Meaning he responds to worship. He responds to worship. It puts him to doing. He starts doing uh, when we do something, amen, G- listen to this. God is offering us great and mighty things. He's offering that to us. And he says, if you will worship, then you can step into a flow of great and mighty things. It's, it's, it would benefit us to take him up on his offer. We have taken up other things on their offer. We've taken up worry on this offer. Haven't we in the past? We've taken up what fear offers. We've taken up what depression offers. God's saying, I'm offering you great and mighty things. It's yours for the taking. And he says, worship is one way you take it. Not the only way, but one way. He says, if you'll teach my people to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. Now, when God says he will do great things, and mighty things for us. He's talking about great and mighty things according to his definition of what he calls great and mighty. Not what man calls great and mighty, but what he calls great and mighty. Isn't that something? Yeah. Then he said, if my children will worship me more, so evidently, Worship plays a part in our ability to cooperate with him in great and mighty things. Worship plays a part in us being able to receive great and mighty things. You understand that? Uh, The word, especially in the New Testament, I was searching through the New Testament and found 120 passages where the word receive is used just in the New Testament. So many times people are thinking it's about getting God to give something, but it's not. He's already blessed us. It's about us doing our part. Now see, the giving is God's side, but the receiving is man's side. Now think about it. The New Testament doesn't focus on God's part. It focuses on our part of what we're to do. Now, the New Testament, of course, tells us what God has already done. Think about this, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So notice this. What we need to have life has already been given. It's not about getting him to give again. Jesus is the gift already given to the whole world, right? So it's not about trying to get life. It's about receiving the life that's already been given. Isn't that right? Then let's think about Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus or through Christ Jesus, he did this for us. My favorite translation is the Norley translation. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with everything that heaven itself enjoys. Notice this, it's already, we've already been blessed with everything that heaven is enjoying. Meaning this, there's none of heaven that God's withheld from us. What heaven is enjoying is already been, we've already been blessed with that or it's been made available to us. So notice this, it's not about getting God to give us blessing. He's already given. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then if we quote over there in Colossians chapter 1 and I'm going to quote in verse uh, 13 and 14. It says this, uh God who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So notice this, all of these things talk about what he has already given. So it's not about getting God to give, it's about getting us to receive what's already been given. So if we read this, when when God said to Brother Norval Hayes, if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I'll do great and mighty things for them. In other words, great and mighty things will come into manifestation. So evidently, worship plays a role in us receiving and being positioned to receive what he's already provided for us. Amen. 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 Worship evidently prepares the heart, prepares the spirit of man to receive great and mighty things. Amen. It enlarges. When you take time to worship God and be in his presence, your spirit's not going to be the same. You can't be around greatness and walk away the same if you're paying attention, right? Anytime you are in his presence and your spirit is involved, your heart is engaged, it's not just a mental thing, but you're fellowshipping with him from your heart, something is going to be affected in your heart. When you get around people that you admire or people that have made great accomplishments, you can walk away and tell something different. About yourself. I mean, you get stirred or you get inspired in a certain way. Well, God does more than inspire us, He enlarges us. <laughs> Amen. And when we're in His presence, our spirit ah, starts reaching. It, it it desires more of His greatness. Amen. Being in his presence cannot help but affect us. And worshiping is how we stay in his presence. I have back in the green room, the hospitality room, we have a candy bowl. And when the kids were smaller, of course, you know, uh, Bubby and Bear and Nanny Cake, they would come in and uh, I'd say, get you some. Well, their little old hands were so small that they can only pick up one and maybe by accident two pieces, you know, if they could get hold of the paper just right. And so what I do here, baby, that's not enough. Just put my hand in there and I can grab a whole handful and you'll have to eat it right now. You can, if you want, because that'd be good, but just start cramming it in their pocket. Why? For later. Yeah. Whenever people do not develop their spirits, they can only lay hold limitedly of what's offered. Their spiritual hand, so to speak, is not enlarged enough to take a whole heaping portion. Amen. The word tells us that he loads us daily with benefits. Why there are so many benefits one day can't hold them all. Every day he will keep loading more and more and more. But we have to be able to receive the load. That's the wording of the word. He loads us daily with benefits. So there's so many benefits that it takes day after, day after day after day after day of being loaded, not just taking a little bit here and there. How about us living life loaded? Yes. 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 Living life loaded. Yes. Well, if our if we leave our spirits undeveloped, how do we develop our spirits? Through feeding on the word and fellowshipping with God in prayer. Yes. And worship is part of fellowshipping with God in prayer. It enlarges us because why? We're around him who is so great. Yeah. 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 Amen. And it enlarges our capacity to lay hold of something and receive it. So he said, if they will, if my children will worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. Notice this, the more we worship, the larger we get. Yeah. And then the more we're able to receive of great and mighty things. Amen. Amen. That's what God is offering us. God finds such pleasure and favor in us when we worship that he can't help but respond by doing something great for us. Notice it's not that he's trying to get worship so that he can be feel good about himself, but he's trying to get us to worship so he can get more in us and to us and through us to other people. Amen. Look, at me, look with me, if you would, at Psalms chapter 25. Psalms chapter 25 and verse 14. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation. Psalms chapter 25 and verse 14. And it says this, the secret, ah, (laughs) if it's a secret, we need to start digging, right? (laughs) The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship him, and he will show them his covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meaning. So, if I could say this, that there's layers to his word, many people just skim off the surface. But he says that for those who have reverence, can I tell you really worship is respecting him. Worship is reverencing him. And in today's culture, we don't hear so much about respect and reverence, but the word never dismissed it. And God is saying for those who have a deep respect, for those who have a reverence for God and for his word, so much so that they worship him. Can we say this, the degree or the measure we reverence him shows our, or let me say it this way, the degree that we worship him shows the degree we reverence him. Amen. We might think highly of him. We might appreciate him, but our worship will really show our worship. And so what does that mean? we really maybe have a greater reverence for him than we've been expressing. We need to express the reverence we have. Amen. Because I believe most Christians really do have a reverence for God, but we've not been taught express that. If you will express that, God will respond to your expression. And he responds with great and mighty things. Amen. Amen. I heard this statement years ago. Somebody said, a compliment unspoken is like a gift unwrapped. Mm. Meaning this, sometimes haven't you been around someone you think, oh, I like their hair or, oh, that's a pretty dress and you don't say it to them. Well, then you left something that they could have had unwrapped. I mean, kept it wrapped. You never have, but if you'll speak it to them, it becomes a gift to them. It does so much for people if you don't just think it, but if you say, Hey, you look, you look so nice today. I appreciate that. I get to see you today. Right? What that means is I noticed you. What that does for people when we say, I'm so glad to see you and really mean it. Or just say what you're doing today in the church and helping, that blesses me. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And you really mean it. The people are, something happens to them, right? Even so, when you express that to God, something happens to you. Amen. It does something to your spirit to recognize someone of God's level to acknowledge some, someone of his magnitude and you noticed him, yeah. 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 Wow. it shows that your attention is on something greater than you. It it's good. It's really good. Amen. You know why some people don't maybe give out very many compliments because they're so aware of themselves. They don't even notice other people. It's dangerous to live that way toward God to live so aware of yourself that you don't even notice what he's doing and wanting to work for you because you're the one who's robbed when you don't notice him. Worship is noticing him. Father, I notice. I notice that my uh, the rescue you brought to my life. I notice that my children are living a life that is unlike other children because of what you've done. I reverence that. I acknowledge that. I reference that. So I believe that most Christians really do reverence God, but sometimes we fall short in expressing that, you know, in a marriage, you can really have love and appreciation for your spouse, but if you don't express it much, that, that reverence and that appreciation, the relationship can start weakening. The fellowship in that marriage can start weakening simply because people aren't expressing what they really do feel or what they really do think towards that person. And if marriages, if people within marriages would say every day something that they appreciate about their spouse, I guarantee you the outcome of their marriage will be different at the end of every day. Amen. You don't go to divorce courts telling each other how much you appreciate each other. <laughs> right? There became a lack of a gratitude, a lack of appreciation, and it ends up people in the wrong places. Well, even so, when it comes to God, if we aren't showing a proper gratitude, a proper reverence, it can end our lives up in the wrong places. Not because we didn't have reverence, but because we didn't practice expressing it. And this is what God said to Brother Norval Hayes, teach my children to worship me more. Can we say it this way? Teach my children to express the worship they have or the reverence they have for me. Why? Because he'll respond to that. And that's what he's after. He wants to respond. Hallelujah he wants to respond to the needs of our lives to the situations of our lives to the circumstances of our lives he wants to respond to them why because he doesn't want us to be as a victim of circumstances but as a conqueror over circumstances amen hallelujah we trust you've enjoyed this message Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.